Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Friday, everybody, and Friday means we are brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. All right, you're going to have your own tailgate set up tomorrow. It's going to be in your house. You're going to watch the game, listen to the game. You need to be fully stocked. You need to be ready to go, and that means Brewers Outlet. You want beer? Oh, they have the best selection of beer anywhere. Imports, domestics, microbrews best specials maybe you like wine coolers water soft drinks plenty of snacks they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills even though Buner loves the garlic indeed second to none all at brewers outlet reagan street in sunbury the beverage supermarket the best in the business. Speaking of the best in the business, you want to deal with the best. Best product, best sales staff, best service department. I've just described Sunbury Motors. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. World Series Game 3 tonight. Annabelle Sanchez on the mound for the Nationals. Annabelle Sanchez, whether it's been with the Nationals or with the Detroit Tigers, has always been a really good postseason pitcher. You may not have heard of him, but Annabelle Sanchez has always been a really good postseason pitcher, whether with Detroit or with the Nationals. Annabelle Sanchez actually started out in the Red Sox organization, and he was dealt by the Red Sox along with Hanley Ramirez to the Marlins, the then Florida Marlins, For Josh Beckett and Mike Lowell, well, it paid off for the Red Sox because Josh Beckett and Mike Lowell led them to the 2000 World Series championship. Lowell was the World Series MVP. Beckett was the guy on the mound for Boston that year. But they gave up two terrific prospects. Hanley Ramirez, outstanding, and Annabelle Sanchez, really good. And Sanchez really blossomed after leaving the Marlins when he went to Detroit. And now he's with the Mar- with the Nationals, and he's already had a no-hitter into the eighth inning in this postseason. He'll be opposed by Zach Greinke tonight. Greinke has only been okay in postseason. But he makes sense to start Game 3 when they set up the rotation because he's one of the top-hitting pitchers in all of baseball, and they're playing in a National League park tonight. So that's tonight. we got Penn State football, though, coming up tomorrow. 2 o'clock the airtime, 3.36 the kickoff with Michigan State. Coming up, Frank Bodani, York Daily Record, as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. 
We'll need time to go over and do some car shopping tomorrow before the game. Game's not until 3.30 tomorrow. In fact, a 3.36 kickoff. We're on beginning at 2 o'clock. Plenty of high school football coming up tonight. Believe it or not, the last Friday of the regular season tonight. Shikalimi at home against Milton. That game will be at 7 o'clock this evening, 6.30 the airtime with Kevin Hur and the Chief Dave Ritchie. 100.9 the Valley coming up tonight. It'll be uh, Lewisburg against Mifflinburg this evening. And on and that's a 7.30 kick and a 6.30 airtime. It's a little brown jug game. And coming up on Eagle 107 tonight, 6 o'clock the airtime, 7 o'clock the kickoff, it'll be Sealands Grove and Montoursville. And don't forget my good friend and really the heartbeat of this show, Sean Carey, uh, will have the area's best post-game show, Game Night. He does a brilliant job on that show. If you love high school football, he makes the experience better because of all the places he takes you and gets you up to date on all the scores. Sean Carey with Game Night coming up tonight as well. But again, Shikalemi, Milton, Shikalemi looking for its fourth consecutive win with the playoffs looming next week. Penn State football off to a terrific start at 7-0. Big test tomorrow. They play at Michigan State. And with that, we bring in one of the outstanding beat writers and a good friend of mine and a good friend of this show, Frank Bodani from the York Daily Record. Frank, always great to hear you on the other end. Welcome. Hey, it's awesome to talk to you guys today. Beautiful day down here. Hopefully great for you, too. Same here, Frank. Thanks so much. Uh, All right, what was your take out of Penn State beating Michigan on Saturday night? <laughs> That's a very good question because even when they were ahead 21 nothing, 21-7, it didn't feel to me like it should have with the score. And then sure enough, they kind of had to fight for their lives in the second half, which is really what I did not expect. You know, you don't expect them to have to fight to the last play to win a game that they're – ahead 21 nothing with their whiteout crowd behind them against the team that really had not played a consistent football game all year. So I don't know what to think, Steve. I um, think, uh, you know, I think it's great they're 7-0 and for the fans. That's really positive. I, I just think there's some issues on offense that they need to correct quickly. How much of that is the fact that, uh, that the Michigan defense comes into play here with their ability and their team speed. How much does that need to factor into what, in what you're looking at, Frank? I think it does. I think it does to a point, except when you're up 21 nothing, it should be a different game. Uh-huh. That's, to me, that, then that shouldn't be as much of a factor because you have such the upper hand. You just need in one more drive, maybe another couple plays to really put your foot on it. Um, and then what, to me, what Penn State did is they kind of allowed Michigan and their defense to control the, the tempo of the second half. They didn't in the first half, but it, it, to me, they didn't adjust real well in the second, in the second half. I've always felt that, for the most part, with Don Brown, the defensive coordinator of Michigan, that his philosophy has always been, I want to make the quarterback's ordinary plays, what should be an ordinary play, difficult. You know, that's by having lockdown corners unleashing the other nine. How well did Sean Clifford handle, quote, those ordinary plays? I think Sean's done a tremendous job in being efficient, 
not committing big mistakes. I mean, just look at his numbers. That's something that I think he's exceeded. How could you expect a first-year quarterback in the Big Ten like that, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions? Penn State's only, I think, lost four fumbles all year. That's been that's what saved them to me because I think it's such a learning curve for him with dealing with the read option, these defenses, making the right decisions. Um, I think he's such probably a hard critic on himself too. But the part that he's been able to control, you know, the not making the mistakes, he's been great with him. All right. Uh, the key in the game to me in the end was people were talking about the stats. I said, but there was one stat that Penn State won, and I don't mean the final score. Right. But it was the giveaway takeaway. There was one. Penn State got it, and Penn State again got seven points out of it. In fact, they're averaging six points per takeaway this season, 59 points and 10 takeaways. The ability to take care of the ball and the ability to get that takeaway, what does that mean moving forward? Wow, that's – again, I'll say it. That's what has saved them because I think – there's some limitations that I didn't expect on offense, but when you're able to protect the ball like that, I mean, that's immeasurable. And I think they're doing a better job at creating turnovers. I still think they could probably even ramp that up a little bit more. Um, but it is that, that part of things to me bodes very well for the second half of the year because you're not beating yourself and you're not giving the other team the easy scores, the easy fields, the easy opportunities. You're making them earn it, which is going to be hard against Penn State's defense. How do you feel about what you're seeing about the running game? After, you know, they Obviously, they ran the ball really well at Iowa. Michigan wants to take that away. So what do you see the running game right now? You know, I think their offensive line is doing a better job. I really like the physical presence of C.J. Thorpe, for example. But I just don't know what they're doing with the running backs. I can't see how this is helping them. Um, now, maybe there's some things going on behind the scenes that we don't know. I mean, obviously James Franklin isn't going to tell us everything. Um, but right now, Noah Kane looks like the best running back on the team. I, you know, and maybe there's some, something else going on personal behind the scenes, but I don't understand why he's not playing more. And I just don't. I know that all four guys are talented, Steve, but I, I don't see how rotating them every series or two is helping. It doesn't seem to me that the consistency is there. They ran the ball and ran out the game with no against Iowa. They're going to have to do that again, maybe this week coming up. The weather is getting colder. To me, they need to, to show more consistency somehow in the running game. And yet at the end, you know, they used out Noah Ken, as you mentioned, to close out the Iowa mm-hmm. game. He was in there in the last play, yeah. And uh, and after I th- I think Frank after using with all that motion with Hamler and so forth, you know, mm-hmm. he did that ends up being a decoy for teams. Well, it looks to me like Noah K might have been the decoy on that play, and because then they gave it to Hamler who cut it up. That was a great play. Time. Yeah, I, I I really liked the call yeah. on that play, and I like that Noah was in there. I just don't. I, and I like all four guys. The thing is, right. they got two studs coming in next year running back. <laughs> So if you got if you're trying to manage four, how are you going to manage six? I, I don't know. I've never seen Penn State in this situation, which is intriguing going forward because you know something's got to something's got to turn. I'm thinking when the games get the weather gets rougher, yeah. the games depend more on the running game. 
be interesting to see how they handle this. What have you thought about the depth they've displayed so far on defense? I think it's saved them. Um, I think that they're built for, you know, they attack in waves. And it was like, I know they have some star players, but to me they're more of a unit than to me than they are individual all-stars. And that bodes well because they can just rotate guys in and out. And I think that's what saved them against Michigan. 82 snaps. I think they did look a little bit worn down at the end, but imagine how much more worn down they would have been then and earlier if they didn't have that kind of depth. And they preached that, and I think that's what's going to help them the last month of the year. Um, and I guess, you know, it's interesting. They lead the nation in sacks, and, yet, you know, Michigan threw the ball, I think, 41 times. They only got to the quarterback once. But there is pressure there other than that. So, you know, we'll see how that goes forward against this coming week because Michigan State's had their own struggle on offense for sure. Right. What have you, how have you felt about what you've seen in special teams? I think it's, I think it's definitely an improvement because not even that they're making game-changing positive plays on special teams, they've eliminated a lot of the mistakes that I think cost them last year. So it's more that they've steadied things out. And you know what? Opponents are going to try to take away sure. those things, like K.J. Hamler. And I think, you know, give credit to the opponents. They've done a pretty good job of that. But I think Penn State is, um, I mean, Blake Gilligan's really done well last couple of weeks, especially when they're asking them to punt different ways right. on different times. My gosh, I don't know how you even do that. But um, I think they've eliminated the mistakes, which is and, – and K.J. is going to break one. I mean, we saw it Saturday. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen the last month of the year. Um, he's their – I love that kid because not only is he a great player, he just – there's no one we love talking to more than him after me. <laughs> Nobody, hands he, down. Uh, the Iowa, the Iowa post game. Jack and Jack Cam and I had him on the post game show, and we had him on this week too. But after Iowa, he's talking about the touchdown where he went airborne, and he's still yeah. discussing his thought process. See, that's, not, that's that's great. He says, "I'm airborne," and I'm thinking to myself, "This, this, 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 this." I'm sitting here thinking, "You thought all that?" <laughs> right, right. That's what you love. Even if he's not telling the truth, who cares? That sounds great. He's really. What do you think about Michigan State this week? Uh, obviously, been, the last two years have been tough, tough football games against them. It's like they're a te- they're like one of those teams. You always have a favorite team, no matter who it is, and it's like there's one opponent that kind of for whatever reason, causes you trouble in any situation possible. It seems like they've become that team. Even when they're not, even when they're banged up, you know, it doesn't matter. So they're coming off a bye. I think they're going to be very determined at home coming off a bye. They've already had some tough issues. They have, of course, they have the makings of a really great defense, and I think they're going to come out and punch Penn State hard in the mouth on defense. So, if Penn State has the right plan, I think Penn State's done pretty well um, last week with their offensive game plan to start things. Yeah. Um, come out with the right plan, absorb that initial, you know, punches from Michigan State. I think they can do okay, but it's going to be tough. I mean, Michigan is going to be determined. Brian Lewerke has played out of his mind the last two years against Penn State. Yeah. Even when he has it against maybe everybody else. Right. So there's confidence for Michigan State. It's must-win for them at home. And I think this is great for Penn State. You know, you want the test like this to yeah. prove who you are. Keeps the guys focused. I mean, um, 
heck, what's going to happen? I guess the best thing is probably to predict a close score and coming down to the end. I mean, I think if Penn State could jump on him early, you might be able to have an easier time. But I, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Penn State. <laughs> yeah. Frank, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, my friend. Oh, good to talk to you all this week, too. Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Great to have him on the show today. Mark Wogenrich is coming up in the next half hour. We'll get his take from the Allentown Morning Call. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus, also coming up at 4.06 today as we get you ready for Penn State and Michigan State, which will be tomorrow in East Lansing at Spartan Stadium. Again, it's a 3.36 kickoff tomorrow. We're on beginning at 2 o'clock from Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. Again, plenty of high school football coming up tonight. Milton taking on Shikalemi here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, 7 o'clock the kick. Kevin and the Chief on beginning at 6.30. Lewisburg and Mifflinburg tonight, Little Brown Jug game. That'll be on 100.9 The Valley, 7 o'clock kick. 6.30 will be the airtime. And Sealands Grove and Montoursville. Montoursville finally lost last week. Southern Columbia beat them. Southern Columbia beats everybody. But that will be 7 o'clock tonight, 6 o'clock the air time on Eagle 107. And Sean Carey with game day, the area's best, without question. This isn't even close. Area's best post-game show. Coming up in the next half hour, Mark Wogenrich will join us from the Allentown Morning Call. We'll talk about Penn State, Michigan, and Penn State, Michigan State as we transition from one to the other. Great to have you today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. It is Friday. That means it is Brewers Outlet Day. Get ready for the weekend. Stock up. All right. Be a little chill out there this weekend, maybe. You're going to watch the game tomorrow. You want to make sure you're fully stocked. No need to run over at halftime or anything like that. You want to go to Brewers Outlet now? Go to Brewers Outlet. Go. 
Imports Domestics Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, plenty of snacks. We have uh, hot roasted peanuts, plenty of those. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Bags are right there at the register. And the pickle bar. Yes, I know Buner loves the garlic. But the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. My personal favorites. Indeed, all together now. Yes, you right there on Route 15. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. You know, I always like to, something I always tell everybody, look, deal with the best in the business. You deal with the best in the business, you're going to get customer satisfaction every time. Well, that means Sunbury Motors. Best in the business. Best product. Outstanding staff. Great service department. All at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Last night... The Redskins actually battled the Vikings pretty well on Thursday Night Football. Vikings won it 19-9. Case Keenum started, but then went into concussion protocol. Dwayne Haskins then came in. But the Redskins spent a long time since they've scored a touchdown. It's been a long time since they scored a touchdown. They had three field goals last night. And the Vikings won it 19-9. We'll see moving forward if Haskins is the long-term solution at quarterback, but he had to step in last night. He did okay, but no better than okay. He's not quite ready for this stage yet. In fact, you're looking at some of the young quarterbacks in this league, and a lot of them aren't really ready for this stage yet. That's what's interesting about the NFL right now, in a league that is so built on parity. This is one of the greater chasms I've seen between really good teams good teams and mediocre teams or bad teams. The chasm between good, and the Vikings are in the good category. They aren't really good. They're good. The chasm between good and bad is really deep right now in the NFL. Yet I'll give the Redskins credit. I thought they battled the Vikings pretty well last night. Also last night, SMU stayed undefeated, beat Houston 34-31. Houston did a 96-yard touchdown pass late in the game and then a two-point conversion to close the gap. But Shane Bouchelle threw for two touchdowns last night. Xavier Jones ran for two. And SMU is off to its best start since 1982 when they went 11-0-1 and finished second to Penn State in the polls that year. But SMU was still undefeated. And right now in the group of five, they would be the choice to get a spot in a New Year's Six game. But they won last night 34-31. Tomorrow, Penn State football. Nittany Lions taking on Michigan State, Spartan Stadium, East Lansing. 3.36 to kickoff, 2 o'clock the airtime. And very pleased to be joined by Mark Wogenrich. Always does brilliant work with the Allentown Morning Call. Mark, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you with us. Appreciate having me on again, Steve. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, so uh, let's go back to Saturday night. Uh, what were the general impressions that uh, led you to any conclusions that you made out of Saturday night's game? You guys just keep winning. Um, a couple of games now. You're not entirely sure how they're doing it, but um, I think that's a major. I think that's like a major um, improvement for this for for Penn State is that that they are. 
doing it. Um, but they are winning games, and you can take a twenty-one nothing lead, and everything can feel comfortable in a moment, and yet it's still fragile. But um, didn't give it away in the third, fourth quarter. Um, still made plays. I, I always I've noticed that when they've had lulls, especially offensively, there's always been an element of coming back to make a play that that was apparent with the. Um, the touchdown pass from Sean Clifford to KJ Hamler, the 53-yarder, but the, yes. play, the play before that, um, I think somebody after the game asked KJ, you know, well, what he thought his best play was because he had the two touchdowns, he had the, you know, the third down conversion late or that third down run late, and he said it was actually that slant route that he ran before the touchdown. That was a tough catch to make. Yeah, um, so I keep coming back to those moments that they're, they're getting them. They're getting, they got it against Pitt, they got them against Iowa, and they got it against Michigan. And that's been an element in the last couple of years, at least in the losses, that you didn't see from that team. They had the comebacks of 2016, but when they right. needed needed to hold something, and 17 and 18 didn't do it, and they've done it so far those three times. Right, and they've been able to do I felt, and this is only my opinion, and you can tell mm-hmm. me if you disagree with this, mm-hmm. I felt Michigan played its best game. I mean, I can't really see Michigan playing better than that. And I felt like Penn State didn't quite play its best game, but still won. What does that, what yeah, that, that's what, 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 what does that say? Mm-hmm. That says when, when, when James Franklin says we're young but mature, I think that probably resonates within that win. That's what they had, 285. Penn State, I think it was 283 yards of offense. Last week, yeah. didn't get 300. Two weeks right. in a row, they haven't had right. the 300 yards of offense. Right. Um, and and being able to make certain plays to get off the field um, when 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 you really need to, um, you know, to capitalize on a couple of breaks. That you know, they that that could have been a touchdown in the end zone to Ronnie Bell. And if he, Lamont Wade maybe doesn't chip something in there, or he doesn't, you know, Bell holds onto that ball. You're looking at perhaps a tired defense, maybe going into overtime, though you don't know what happens. Um, but getting it a field goal range for Penn State on, on the next series, so I, I look at this team. This team seems to have that maybe that little level of maturity that I ne- didn't necessarily expect from them being young, essentially, and that they're they're growing into it as they win. They seem to be growing into these wins. The other thing is, I was I've been kind of caught off guard by you know the fact that all the players they lost in the off season. There was over like over twenty players, and I know. Right. You know, NFL and the transfers and all different reasons. I thought that that would have an effect, not necessarily on the field because a lot of those guys are playing elsewhere. Maybe they wouldn't have played at Penn State, but within like the chemistry uh, of, um, of position groups and in the locker room stuff like that. And it it doesn't seem to be having at least the negative effect that I thought you know conventionally thought going into the season it might have had. You don't. I guess you just don't see. Um, the you know the lapses caused by maybe guys looking around and saying, "Hey, who's going to take control of this sort of thing?" You, you see, you, it seems to be that there are players taking control of situations on the sideline and then transferring that to the field. Penn State, especially on defense, is playing a lot of people, and mm-hmm. so the play counts. For example, a couple were in the seventies, a bunch were in the low to mid sixties, and a bunch in the fifties. What has that depth meant to what we're seeing in the fourth quarter? Well, at last week, it looked like that they were getting a little weary um, yeah. in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a lot of plays that, you know, obviously, you know, that Michigan 
had. But if you don't have that, I don't think if you don't have um, those mitigated play counts from guys, you know, maybe you're seeing maybe you're seeing more chunk plays in the fourth quarter. Maybe you're seeing a series that doesn't get off the field. And I think you're maybe you're also seeing guys getting lost of plays because they don't have an experience of uh, you know having kind of twelve plays a game against Maryland and Purdue and Pitt and Buffalo and, and, and Idaho and so on. I think I think the consistency of having a lot of guys in the games. I mean, we we sit up in the press box a lot. I don't know. How, I'm no. not quite sure how you do it there, looking down and, and seeing numbers. And I go, oh wait, that you know, there's two new linebackers in. That's the again, that's the defense. The entire def- the defensive line is changed. There's Jaquan Brisker in the secondary. There's you know, there's the, the freshman cornerbacks who are in. And that's not in you know. We expect I expect to make to look for those guys in blowouts. I don't ex- necessarily expect to see them as much in the third or fourth quarter of big 10 games. That's been, that to me has been new. And I think having all those guys around, I mean, I mean, look at a guy like PJ Mustafer, who's able to make a ton of plays. You look at his, as almost like a fifth, six starter on that defensive line. You know, right. these guys, it's almost like they have 16 starters that they're rotating in, in a, um, you know, a, a framework of 11. Right. All right. Offensively, what are you seeing from Sean Clifford right now, Mark? I like the way he gets he gets plays done. Um, that that third quarter, I, you know, he was probably just furious at himself. And I think even, yeah. you know, looking back at the Iowa game, he said, "I, you know, after the start I had at Iowa, he said I should have been benched." But that stuff doesn't seem to follow him necessarily. He comes back and he, you know, he keeps slugging. He keeps coming in that fourth quarter and recognizes some pretty good, you know, throws that he had options to, and uh, you know, gets KJ free on a coverage. They they hit it, you know. It seemed like they clicked on it before it even happened, and then he just floated it up there, let KJ run under it. He is, um, you know, I remember when I was on the job learning <laughs> and made a bunch of mistakes, and you know, and things kind of whizzed past you. Yeah, and you know, and I didn't get hit for a living, so it didn't. That didn't. Uh, that didn't factor into it. So when he's able to, when he's able to withstand the the speed um, that that's coming at him, and actually make some things happen, yeah. and consistently do it, and you know, I think over overall, you know, above the whole umbrella, this thing is the, the ability to protect the football that he's had. You know, just throwing the two interceptions. That has been I think, probably the major, you know, those are the major elements to me. Again, yeah. he, I think he would say, I've got a lot to work on yeah. with recognition and um, I think um, decisiveness, especially in, you know, in, in the zone read game. But, you know, he's doing all, to be 7-0 and doing all that has got to just layer his confidence up. Yeah, he's about to make his eighth career start. So yeah. <laughs> I think everyone needs to remember that sometimes with him. Penn State, though, was able to win the giveaway takeaway in the game. They were able to win the field position in the game. And they also won the explosive plays. James will say over and over again to him, those those are key right. ele- elements to him. Is there anything else that, you know, I think idealistically you'd love to win the other ones. I mean, you want to you have more rushing yards. You want to have more passing yards. You, you know, yeah. having, having more time of possession doesn't hurt mm-hmm. you. Uh, but to win those, what does that mean to Penn State? Well, I, I think I think James Franklin said it Tuesday. Was it was it Tuesday when he said about um, somebody asked him about 
if there are you know if there are offensive drives that you know you're not going to score, what's the goal? Right. And he said, an, an offensive you know when you ever drive, the goal is to kick essentially. Right. Either, you know, you make an extra four, you make a field goal, or you're punting. You're not giving the ball away. That's the hugest thing they've done. Putting the last two weeks, Blake Gilligan has been terrific. I actually just was doing my preview. I was looking at that, and I think he's at the last two weeks, 60% of his punts. Um, and he's punted quite a bit the last two weeks. 60% of them are inside the 20. Right. And that'll go with you to the field position. Yep. issue. You're starting guys at the 10, 12, 15. And then with the defense, you, or with the defense that they have – if they're able just to schedule one of those downs, get a team out of schedule, um, and then you can get a third down with your pass rush, you are able to, if you don't control the play clock, at least you're controlling other elements of the game. You can't be behind in everything. You can be behind in the right. time of possession if you know, you're allowing Michigan to go 40 yards and it's still a punt, right. that sort of thing. And I think that's going to be huge. Um, for that, I think Blake Gilligan would be, you know, another good game for for him against Michigan State would go a long way. He has 36 this season, 19 more than half yeah. of them have been inside the 20, and he also has 87 in his career inside the 20. Mm-hmm. You can't, I mean, you can't put a price on that. And I think, what have you thought overall of Penn State's special teams play? Outside of um, the one game where they. Uh, Things kind of got away from him a little bit. That was uh, week before Iowa, <laughs> blanking on it. Overall, my goodness. Um, you talk about the Purdue game? Been, yeah, there were some yeah. elements. I think, yeah, like what things got away from. Uh, I mean, you'd probably, you know, I think they'd want to see maybe <clears throat> at this time, maybe some more explosiveness yeah. on some of the returns. Obviously, like the return from KJM the last week would have been. You know, huge headed stood. Sure, but they're not getting the. They don't have those really um, those those plays that you notice the real noticeable lapses and mistakes last year. There are coverage or the trick plays, and you know, and Mark D'Antonio is going to if you know he's got a week, he's going to pull those stops out and, and try them again. They've seemed to, for the most part, have just been. It's almost like you know Rasheed Walker at left tackle. You're not talking about it as much. You're not just talk, you're right. talking about the special teams as much as you were last year, and that's really good. I mean, beyond you know, beside the kickers who've been a great job, you're just not noticing the fact that you know something happened. You know, something went wrong. I guess is the way to put it. And now they got Michigan State. How do you view the matchup of a team that obviously has played very well against mm-hmm. Penn State? Taking that element out, I think these, you know, straight up, this, you know, this Penn State team against this Michigan State team, I, I, I think it's a good matchup for Penn State. I, you know, Michigan State's defense, quite frankly, is just it's an oddity to me. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of good players yeah. still on that team with Bocce and Simmons and Willicks and all these guys, you know, Raekwon Williams. Um, but they've given up a lot of big plays, which, yeah. which, uh, kind of leans into Penn State's favor. Um, they've given up, you know, the, the run game. You know, granted, they played two pretty good run offenses. Yeah, they're not know, bad. Wisconsin yeah. and Ohio State. Yeah, but you know, they've been susceptible to that sort of thing. I don't. I don't. This is not the defense that you saw last year or that they expected to, yeah. to bring back. So I, I, you know, I just think there are elements that Penn State could take advantage of. You know, especially if they can go and hit a couple of chunk plays and and then put Penn State or Michigan State's offense on there and say, "Good, go play catch up." But you know, 
one, you know, that when Mark Dantaro has got a week to prepare and then he's got right. a week off. Yeah. So it's just like one game for three weeks. And that's all they can, that's all they really have to think of necessarily. Um, and James Franklin, you know, last couple of weeks, he's probably their staff had to mitigate practice snaps and, and maybe, and, you know, and, and play snaps and stuff like that. And, you know, think about the rotations to keep their team, you know, keep the, keep the legs fresh and keep the guys, you know, healthy through a really tough three week stretch. That's got to play into all, you know, that'll play into it too, how they're going to go into it as opposed to how Michigan State's going to go into it. Always a pleasure, Mark. I look forward to seeing you out there. Yeah, hope to see you there, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks. Mark Rogenrich, Allentown Morning Call. Always does a great job. Our thanks to Mark, or also our thanks to Frank Bodani. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll check out the grades with Cam Meller from Pro Football Focus. We'll get his grades on not just Penn State and Michigan State heading into this game, but also some national grades as well. You know, we like to branch out with Cam and not just focus in on Penn State and the opponent, but also what's happening nationally. Let's you know get a read on maybe Justin Herbert, for example, at Oregon. Last week, we locked in on Jake Fromm at Georgia. And, uh, and we've talked about Trevor Lawrence. There have been many others we've talked about, too, along the way. But Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus, uh, we'll have him on in the next half hour. Looking forward to that very much. World Series tonight. Game three, Nationals up two games to none. Zach Greinke for the Astros tonight. Annabelle Sanchez will be on the mound for the Washington Nationals this evening. And this is the final regular season Friday night of the high school football season on October the 25th. Wow. But that's what happens when you have such a long playoff system. I've lamented about that before, so it's not... It's it's right now it's the current system and so you just have to play and abide by the current system. And we're thrilled to have our teams on tonight, including Sealands Grove and Montoursville on Eagle 107, seven o'clock the kick, six o'clock the airtime. And Lewisburg, Little Brown Jug game, takes on Mifflinburg tonight. That'll be on one hundred point nine the valley. At 7, 6.30 the airtime. And don't forget, 100.9 the Valley also will have Monday night's game between the Steelers and the Miami Dolphins from Heinz Field. And on News Radio 1070 WKOK, our award-winning broadcast. Recognized as the best in the state with Kevin Hur and the Chief, Dave Ritchie. As Shikolami looks for its fourth consecutive win when they take on Milton tonight. 7 o'clock the kickoff, 6.30 the airtime with our award winners tonight at Chickaling. We're looking for four straight wins and some major momentum heading into the postseason. The postseason gets rolling next week, and we're going to have our roundtable again next Thursday as well and get you ready for that. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Penn State football tomorrow at Michigan State, 3.30 the kick, 2 o'clock the airtime. You'll hear it right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.